It's Coalfield and Company. 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 Thank God it's. It is Friday. You made it. It's 5 o'clock somewhere here. Here, right here. It's 5 o'clock right here on Cofield and Company. Company takeover for your Friday afternoon. Headed home on that drive with Adam Candy, with Willie Ramirez, and, of course, with Ari. Uh, a couple of little bits of news before we get into the big five uh Phillies are having COVID issues. Uh, started the game between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks delayed. Phillies put three players on the COVID list. Contact tracing has delayed the game. Uh, speaking of the vaccine, and really, when are we not speaking of COVID-19 and the vaccine? The U.S. Open tennis says fans must show proof of vaccination to attend matches. The tournament, of course, starts in just a couple of days. Always close it up over Labor Day weekend. Uh, with that, let's get into the Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Oh, I would expect so much more out of the city of Boston than what we got out of Scott Zolak today. No, actually, I I really wouldn't. It's and and maybe look, maybe it's just the New Yorker in me. Maybe it's just that we're a bit more cultured. Maybe it's just that we're a bit more progressive. Maybe it's just that, um, you know, maybe it's just that Scott Zolak's an idiot. That might be it. It might have nothing to do with Boston versus New York. Um, It might just be that Scott Zolak is a moron. Um, And we've heard this established multiple times for the former Patriots quarterback uh, when he has been uh, given a microphone, Um, which always seems like a bad idea. Uh, Today's musing uh, managed to come up with both... Old man shakes fists at cloud uh, with a little bit of coded racism um, and just a lot of dirt. I turn off the rap music, first of all, because I think it's distracting for Cam here because in between every throw, he's dancing. I did see like, Ka- I did see Karen Garigian of the Herald tweeting about that as he took the field. He's I, doing it in between drills, you're saying. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he makes a throw and then the music's still cranking. I know you can hear uh, faintly in the background here. I think it's distracting for you. No, it's when I play Bon Jovi. That's yeah. like the only thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, but he can't help himself to where Mac looks like he came to work again. Like, he's here to work. And everything's attention to detail. I can't, but that... But, hey, it, but again, is that... Style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, good, good job, host, for finally getting that one under control. If you couldn't tell who he was talking about there... That's Kotzolak saying that Cam Newton is distracted by the rap music, the hip-hop, the rap at practice. That's why he is falling behind in the quarterback battle with Mac Jones, Willie. That's exactly why it's happening. Mm -hmm. You know what, Zolak? Shut up. How about this? Damon Arnett is very rarely not seen dancing when they're not in the middle of a drill and he's or he's not going one-on-one very rarely when during stretching in in the in the indoor facility when they have um the music blaring and it's it's whatever's being played intertwined sometimes some classic rock sometimes some hip-hop just depends it's an ongoing like adam hill said it. we've all said it where like you know when is damon arnett not dancing and guess what? Gruden's saying that 
I think it was today he said that he's had so much better of a training camp this season than he did. So how is it affecting if because he's dancing, he's getting in the right frame of mind, he's getting in a groove. It's like anybody else that puts headphones in at the gym or when you are in your environment, when you are in your place of wherever you are getting in your groove you are getting in the right mindset dude shut up it has it's not it's not affecting uh cam Newton in any way shape or form um if anything it's pumping him up it's getting him ready for that next rep and you have no clue what you're talking about there are plenty plenty of legitimate reasons to criticize cam newton even just in this training camp a guy who's in the middle of a clear quarterback battle, who is not the MVP player that he used to be, who chose not to get vaccinated, and because of some misunderstandings around that, and because of his protocol with the virus, has fallen behind. Has fallen behind. So you choose not to get vaccinated, you have misunderstandings about going out to medical appointments, etc., etc., etc. Criticize Cam Newton legitimately for not crossing all of his T's and dotting all of his I's in this quarterback battle. Don't come at him and don't come at us with this coded racist crap of it's about the rap music, but it'll only distract you if it was Bon Jovi. Got it. Understood. The hippity hoppity is your problem here, right? The hippity hoppity is your problem. Got it. Understood. Let's move on before I, I, there's a there's a chance, Willie, that we're going to get much, much dumber if we talk about this anymore. So yes, let's go on yes, number four. Yes. Number four. On the football field, Damon Arnett, who we just talked about, and the Raiders will be in San Francisco this weekend for their final preseason game. Uh, Willie has been out at training camp for the AP and talking to the players, the coaches, etc. Willie, what is left for the Raiders to figure out here in this final preseason game because we know the roster cut down is looming next week. Uh, what are they trying to figure out? What position battles, etc., are they trying to get straight before next week? Well, I will quote offensive coordinator, coordinator Greg Olson from yesterday. He said, I think there's great competition at the wide receiver position. That'll probably be the most difficult decision will be making the cuts at the wide receiver position and the offensive line. There will be a good player. They might not make the roster, but those two positions really are very competitive and they'll be probably the most difficult decisions. This is a retooled offensive line that is very critical to the success of this offense, which was top 10 last year in several categories. Um, obviously, Derek Carr is going to need some protection if he's going to have uh, the wide receiver depth that he has in terms of opening things up. Um, Josh Jacobs, who's been a thousand yard rusher his first couple of seasons, looking for that third straight year. The one thing about Josh Jacobs, he, he ranked in the, near the top of, of the league with, with in running backs in terms of total yards, but yards per carry has to be a concern and that falls on the offensive line. So with um, that is with the immediate um, thought process for me on the defensive side. It is in the secondary. Um, you would have thought maybe there could be some decisions made at linebacker, but now they need all they can get with the injuries that they've endured. But the cornerback position or the uh, the defensive back position between the DB, uh, the CBs and the safeties, um, it'll be interesting to see who they keep, who's on the practice roster um, with a lot of, lot of good play, a lot of improved play that we saw 
over the first few weeks of training camp. And of course, if they if they decide to keep go with six receivers, who's going to get that last slot? You know, they brought in Willie Sneed and John Brown, some some veterans to, to to mentor the younger guys. Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs have both looked fantastic. And when you look at it as the whole, the number one target has been Darren Waller the last couple of years, and that's a tight end. So you want to get the right guys, you want to have the right depth, and so I think those three areas is where we're going to see somebody if not a couple of very talented players being left off the roster possibly on the practice squad because as greg olson said it's going to be a difficult decision wide receivers offensive line and i'd say on defense the secondary you can get all of your info and your fix for the raiders over on raider nation radio part of our lotus family over on 920 r and r uh your boy q vinnie bonson you're over there talking all things raiders at the moment, give them a listen and find out more about what's coming up this weekend. Number three. What a lot of people have coming up this weekend, Willie, is uh, they got their fantasy football drafts coming. I know, actually, I have one of mine uh, on Sunday, and I don't know how many of you out there are going to be drafting a little bit on the early side here, uh, but I know that I'm one of them. Uh, usually when we talk to players about this, players say i don't care about fantasy i don't want to hear about fantasy uh austin eckler from the chargers not one of those guys uh austin eckler has actually gone so far as to put out on his social media he wants you to draft him and he wants you to show him that you drafted him he's doing a signed jersey giveaway he said if you draft him put him in your lineup and you win your matchup if austin eckler helps you win your matchup Tag him with a picture of that win, and you were going to be put into a drawing to win a signed jersey from Austin Eckler. This is just smart business, and I wish more players would embrace the businesses that go around what comes with playing football, like fantasy. I get it. People are annoying. People get stupid on social media. People get out there and say really hurtful, dumb things. They attack them. But there's a way to engage that I think makes sense that doesn't make it adversarial. I, I think it's just smart of Austin Eckler to try to bring people into the fold. Yeah, and it's 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 this is one area that's that fans are very passionate, um, and they and they most definitely because there there are some Adam Hill and I discussed this the other day. Um, I am not a fantasy guy. I I have gotten in for some fun, um, a couple of leagues online one time a money league and I just was the silent partner and it was where you pay at the end you either collect or pay at the end and I agreed to be a part of it but 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 the person that I got in with is like I mean world class and Adam knew who I was talking about you know from over at the RJ assistant sports editor Alan Liker so I don't I'm not a fantasy guy and I'm not into it but I do know that it's very passionate and the people that are into it the 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 fans so if this is one area where players can somewhat engage, like you said, and be a part of it in some way, shape, or form to, you know, to, to, to bring them closer and bring the, the, fan, them, the fan himself or herself closer to the player and the teams, then why not? And why not find that way? And, and Eckler has, has done that, and it's innovative on his part, and it's, uh, you know, it's a nice little enterprise to do. And uh, and I think that it'll it'll go over well with fantasy players. Uh, no, it, it absolutely will. And and this is something that should be said to fantasy players on the back of Austin Eckler doing something like this. 
be smart, be respectful, do what any smart person should do before you try to say something to one of these players about how they performed and what it did to your fantasy team. If you're going to put something on social, please do me a favor, write it out, leave it for at least a half hour, come back to it and see if it still seems like a good idea to you because odds are it's not and you're just going to end up looking like an idiot. Leave these guys alone, let them do their jobs, and especially when someone comes out here and is trying to do something smart like this. Number two. Well, one player, I might have to break that rule for a little bit because he's not always the nicest uh, to the fans, is Jay Cutler. Of course, Jay Cutler is, uh, he's retired now. Uh, Jay Cutler, very famously, uh, you know, if you believe the stories that you've heard, was not always the friendliest when uh, when he was seen out in public among the fans. But uh, Jay Cutler, I don't know, maybe I should be easy. Maybe I got to take it easy on he hasn't had the greatest last few years. Um, Jay Cutler has been trying to trying to get back on his feet. Uh, we know he very famously dated and was married to and had children with uh, Kristen Cavallari from MTV. Um, but Jay was on the radio the other day talking about uh, life out here is hard for a pimp. It isn't just a, uh, a purely selfish play by my part. Like, there's a lot of other aspects that have to be taken into consideration whenever you, you get back out into that world. And, and the whole landscape has changed. You know, there's apps, there's Twitter, there's Ooh. Instagram. Like, it, it's, a, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, you're not just walking into a restaurant or bar and, and talking to somebody. Like, that, that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore, Jay. It's a different world than where you yeah. come from. Um, yeah, w- w- Willie, uh, Willie, are, are you are you crying tears? Are you feeling bad for Jay Cutler? Alligator tears. Do you, do you look across the desk again? I'm not showing you my shoulders this time. I'm showing you my index finger and thumb, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. playing stro- strumming that uh, small violin of mine. I uh, boy, do I feel sorry for him. It must be tough to be a player, as John Gruden said used the phrase of course he was talking about his players but uh mm. yeah uh jay cutler is 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 that has somewhat of always been somewhat of a an attention you know it's it's not that hard to get attention when you're an nfl quarterback um or an nfl player for that matter you know franchise player face of a franchise whatever it may be but uh you know he's still grasping Grasping at, at headlines, grasping to at atten- for attention. I'm not sure if he was doing it for attention or he's just, you know, being boisterous and being himself and and, and making comments. But uh, you know, I guess I guess if it's if it's that hard and that difficult to, you know, to have throngs of 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 females, you know, throwing themselves, whatever it may be, whatever it is that he's going through, it's you know, that's it's a tough life, I guess, and and. Uh, I, I hope that he I hope that he can get through this and I hope that he survives this tough time in his life. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Um, so I think Jay Cutler was being actually quite quite forthcoming. Uh, and he was talking about the fact that he has kids now. He's not really sure what people's intentions are in dating him. Okay. I mean, th- these are these are first world millionaire problems that I've never dealt with. Um, I've never been particularly concerned about what are your intentions with, uh, you know, with why you're interested in me. I've just been 
really damn grateful that you're interested in me. Um, I am not operating with all of the world's advantages, but I'll, you know, I'll make it work as best I can. And I'll say, I, I had to get back out into this dating world uh, fairly, fairly recently with all of the the apps and and especially in COVID times, you're not exactly walking into a room of room of people and and meeting folks. Um, it, it, it is selling yourself in a way that man oh man is a different world like i'm trying to i'm trying to imagine if i didn't have to work with these apps like it's almost like i was taking out an ad for myself and trying to find a way to present all of the reasonably attractive parts of me and and not give away all of the scary parts immediately like like yes i i i am someone who who might you know I am someone who might get a little bit too excited during a sports game. I, I, I might I, I might yell and scream. I might scare you. I might I might scare you yelling at the television. Um, but I don't exactly put that on on a Tinder or Hinge profile, Willie. Like these are the things that you have to ease your way into. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, do you can you recall what you were doing Tuesday afternoon? Uh, I can actually tell you exactly what I was doing Tuesday afternoon. So go ahead. Were you? Did you happen to listen to the show? Oh no! Absolutely not. Uh, I was actually. Oh no! Because you know oh, who sorry, has. You, I wish you know I could who, tell you yes. Because you know who has a similar problem of not knowing female intentions and throwing themselves in. And oh, it has Ari. to be Adam Hill. Ari, no, Ari, I thought it'd be Adam so, Hill. Oh yeah. So Ari. part of oh, so yeah. so I believe it was a big five uh, uh, item um, on Tuesday, and Ari received a random text. Uh oh. And yeah, was 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 Ari? Was it, do you want to enlighten yeah, and tell was, him because, yeah, because you quick, you uh, have you and Jay Cutler have something in common? Oh yeah, not knowing where intentions are going. That's fair. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Uh-oh. no follow up from Tuesday. But just long story short, Candy, I got I got a text from a number that did not come up with you know an actual contact. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. necessarily spam, but it's obviously some bad intentions. But the person said, uh, "What was it? I'm single, or, or, or something like, oh yeah, I'm single. Let's hang out." And then we went back and forth, and it was just this weird thing. She has a boyfriend, and he's cheating on her. It, it sounds fake, but at the same time, eventually, she wouldn't. He or she would not say their name, right? But like, oh, I didn't know who it was. Who knows? Yeah, but Bro- I'm just brother man. You getting catfished? Like, no, I, we, you are, you we are established that. We, we established yeah. that, and everyone was like, "You idiot!" And I get that. What I'm saying is, I'm trying to figure out. I trust me. Like, I did all the detective work. I'm very good at this. Being a single man here in Las Vegas in 2021, I know how to. Find the store. I could not. I can't figure out who it is. Is all I'm saying. So yeah, I, let's leave it that way. Uh, don't don't try to figure <laughs> out who it is. And by the way, I, I will give you the positive end to the story I was just telling. On Tuesday afternoon, uh, I was on a beach with my girlfriend. Ooh. So yeah, oh, uh, right the, all, all was well at the end of the dating story. Number one must be nice. Ari, I'm gonna make you feel better. I can't tell you who was catfishing you. Um, but you do get to have the segment that you wanted to have right here and now. Uh, this was out there on social media. There were nine television series uh, that we were supposed to say you can only keep three of these series. Okay, you, There are three of them that you get to keep. I'm going to run down the list. Ari says there's only one acceptable way to rank them. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with him. But I think we need to give everybody a chance to say, which series are you keeping? Which series are you tossing? Um, All right. The rest are deleted from history entirely. You don't even get to have them 
anymore if you choose to keep others. The Sopranos, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Ozark, Boardwalk Empire, The Wire, Prison Break, Sons of Anarchy, and Breaking Bad. We know how you feel, Ari. Willie, save your three. Okay, so The Sopranos is is a given. I've watched that series more than double digit time. I mean, double digit times. I've watched it from start to finish. That's that's there's that's a no brainer. The Wire I had never watched, but was encouraged to watch by Ed Graney and Adam Hill. So that is currently my morning cardio show. And I just finished season three. I have two seasons to finish. I tried to watch it uh, years ago. Couldn't get past the first two shows. So now I've given it time, had some patience and, and, and where I'm in a position to, which is, you know, 4 a.m. cardio and you're zeroed in. So I'm into to the wire. Now, the rest of the shows, I have only watched two of them partial way through, canceling out about five seasons in. And that would be Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. So I have. I still, I've not, I think, isn't Walking Dead still going? Or am I wrong? Is that still going? Yes, or is it's that, like yes. season 5 million. I think it's a season okay. 10 right now. Okay, so I and I haven't watched it, and I don't remember where I left off. Um, I would probably throw in, even though I stopped watching it, though, I would probably go with Breaking Bad because it's more realistic in terms of, you know, the, I mean, it's it's not Zombieland. It's not, so, so I, um, Right. Those are the three that I okay. would go with. The rest right. of them I'm not into for not because, and I'm not saying that they're bad shows. I'm just not into like the Sons of Anarchy, all that, the, the different genres. I'm not, it's not my thing. So I hate to say this because I always hate to say this. Uh, um, but Ari, Do you hate Ari to say I right. hate to say this? I'll go ahead. Ari is no, right. No. That's what you I wanted hate to, to say. say. I hate to say that Ari is right, but Ari is right. Uh, Breaking Bad is the greatest t- television series that I've ever seen. Um, and okay. I am someone who loves The Sopranos as much as you love The Sopranos, Willie. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to Breaking Bad, a series that I watched and did not think there was a single episode that was off point. Um, the Wire, I had the exact same experience as you, Willie. I tried to watch it years ago. I couldn't get through two episodes. I was told, hey, you got to try this. It was my pandemic watch. When the pandemic first hit last year, I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, you've already made it past the worst season, which was season two. Um, you have yeah, lots I, I'm to lost on that to. one. Lost on that one. Well, season two was a waste, uh, but okay. season four is going to be fantastic. I am very excited that you're coming up to that one right there. Uh, Ari is yelling at me. We've got to take a break. We can't keep going here, but I would love to. Uh, more coming up on the other side here on Cofield & Company. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I don't think there's going to be a parade or anything like that, but um, you know, we all have great memories there, no doubt. Just uh, looking forward, honestly, to seeing these young guys compete. We're going to play a lot of our young players, and... Uh, finish this evaluation process and hopefully come out healthy and uh, try to find a way to win the game in the process. That's what we've been up to. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That's John Gruden talking about the Raiders going up and playing their final preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. Just a minute, we're going to talk to Matt Barrow from The Athletic who covers the 
49ers. Really interesting note uh, in The Athletic, talking about how the trends have changed here in the NFL in the last couple of years, especially with the preseason, obviously excluding 2020. But this year with the shortened preseason, starters just aren't playing as much. Uh, Coaches are trying to protect their players and keep them healthy. Uh, The old idea that players were going to go out there and Okay, we'll get them. We'll get them a series in game one. We'll get them. We'll get some reps in game two. Play a half in game three, and then game four they sit and get them healthy. It's all gone. It's all gone. There are a lot of starters who haven't played at all in this preseason. Niners, not one of them, because they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation. We'll talk to Matt Barrow in just a moment about that here on Cofield Company. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> it's whatever he decides, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a pretty good idea. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now and everything, and just the offense as a whole. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle's the head man. He'll make the call. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Kyle is, of course, Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. That's Jimmy Garoppolo talking about his quarterback competition with Trey Lance, and no one knows more about the situation, been following it more closely than Matt Barrows covers the 49ers for the athletic. Uh, Matt, you, of course, assume that we're going to start with some talk about which safeties are going to make the roster, right? (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to ask about the backup left guard. Uh, Yes, we have very, very important questions about depth at left guard. But I guess uh, since we had the Jimmy Garoppolo clip, we might as well start uh, right there with uh, whatever you know to be the latest of the situation at quarterback for the 49ers. Well, I'll provide the visual for for that clip. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was was smiling broadly when he said it. So I don't think he's smiling if uh, he says he's got an idea of what's going to happen and his idea is that Trey Lance is starting ahead of him. So I would say that you know everybody's on the same page uh, in the organization right now, which is Garoppolo begins the season as a starter, and there's a high likelihood that Trey Lance comes in for um, a smattering, several, I don't know how, how many it would be, but gets into games um, and, and situationally probably uh, short yardage and, and red zone. Uh, that, that's that's where he's been the strongest uh, in, in training camp, and, and that's just on the the throwing side of things. He also has the the running capability, so that's probably what it's going to shape up to be. Now, beyond the beginning of the season, uh, I think that has to do with with Garoppolo and, and how well he plays, and whether he gets into a bad stretch or he he plays well. If, if it's the latter, uh, he, he'd be the starter throughout the season. What has the you know one of the things that that was brought up to Gruden, um, you know, this is the the Raiders' first return to the Bay Area since departing Oakland, and uh, Gruden's response was, "Yeah, I don't think that there's going to be a parade thrown for us." Um, and they're going up there trying to get out of there healthy. Um, they've been dinged up at the linebacker spot, but is the even though this is preseason game number three, and it's uh you know it's a different kind of preseason. Obviously, we're still dealing with COVID, and uh, they got a bye week coming up between this week and, and, and the regular season. But is there a somewhat of a sense for for the community, for the Bay Area, for the fans that um, this is a little bit still of a Bay Area battle, but more so in 
the team that left the area? Is is that kind of talk going around? You know, I, I haven't heard it, but I, I'm so 49ers centric that I, I probably wouldn't. Um, my guess is that you know there it, it is special. I mean. Um, the Raiders are no longer here. There are a lot of uh, fans still here. They're going to be fa- fans for the, the rest of their lives. That's sort of the, the Raiders thing. Once you're a Raiders fan, you don't, you don't change. So uh, I think there are going to be a lot of Raiders fans at the game. I, I don't think there's any uh, coincidence that it's a 1 p.m. start and not the, the typical, I don't know, 6 or, six or 7 p.m. start that, that these – uh, preseason games usually are because they they're worried about uh, violence. I mean, this this is the first preseason game that these teams have played since that infamous 2011 game at Candlestick, where you know people got shot, people got stabbed, all sorts of fights. So um, you know that's that's a that's a concern for the you know 49ers, the security, the the police forces here, um, and uh, the hope is that. Yeah, uh, preseason 1 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be hot. Uh, that that uh, kind of uh, dulls things a bit. What do you think, Matt? Do we need to put all of the truly rowdy fans on the sun-baked side at Levi's, or or do we put them on the other side? Well, I mean, at 1 p.m. it's all it's all sun-baked. I don't I don't know if you're going to oh, be able man. to to escape it. And they, they get, it gets hot. And my theory on this, and this has been a big storyline here how hot Levi's gets uh, in mid-afternoon August games. But my theory is that the, those, those seats are all made of plastic, and you, it's just like being in your, in your car. Uh, it gets uh, quite sticky um, in, in those plastic seats. So I think that's a big part of it. But that, uh, I don't think it's going to be a fun experience, at least early on in the game. Getting back to the quarterback situation for a minute. I want to focus more on the Trey Lance side for a second. Just give us your overall read on who he is and how he's handled this entire situation and and how ready you think he'll be when his time, if his time comes this season. I think he'll be ready and that was one of the, you know, the biggest surprise um the biggest event of training camp for the 49ers was sort of leading up to training camp they they went through OTAs and, and Lance looked fine in OTAs but he, he looked like a rookie I mean it took him a while to go through his progressions and he usually checked down and went with a safe option and um, you know during those 40 days that uh, they were away he put in a lot of work and it was evident like right from the get-go right when training camp started you could tell that um, that that he had put in time on the playbook put in time on his footwork, he was a little bit more accurate. And, and the thing that jumped out to me is that he was really aggressive with his throws. It wasn't safe throws to the running back, safe swing passes, throws to the sideline. He was going at the heart of uh, the defense in those practices, and that's what Kyle Shanahan's personality is. He's a go-for-the-jugular type of guy. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, for, for all of his strengths, has not been – somebody who ta- uh, attacks outside the numbers, for example, or who attacks deep downfield. Um, it's been more short and, and, and medium throws for Jimmy Garoppolo, and i, I, I got to think that that's frustrated Kyle Shanahan at times. And so the fact that that mentality was there, and that, that, to me that's not something that you can really readily pick out from watching guys' college tape. Uh, you, you, you know it when you see it, and you have to sort of be on hand for it. And that's what was happening the first, 
I don't know, seven to, to ten days of training camp. Um, it sort of died down a little bit since then. They started working on some other things, but uh, just that taste that they got from him, I think, told them what the potential is. And like I said, he wasn't scared about anything. There was no hesitance. So, um, you know, to the first part of your question, I think he's going to be ready when uh, his number is called. Matt Barrows covers the 49ers for The Athletic. And Matt, you brought up a great point about the tape. I mean, that was the biggest thing with Trey Lance. There was so little tape. Uh, There was so little to go on uh, from college, whether you're talking about the level of competition or whether you're just talking about raw tape, considering we only got one game uh, to see out of him last year. Um, And, you know, last year was a challenging year, not only uh, in terms of draft evaluation, but for the 49ers, it was a challenging year trying to keep anybody on the field. Uh, No team lost more uh, of their roster uh, in terms of salary cap to IR. What do you see as their biggest questions and or concerns in terms of those returns from injury that they have this year? Well, I mean, like with every every team, uh, they wouldn't be able to survive it. Uh, you know, Trent Williams, for example, is, is their left tackle. He might be the best left tackle in the game. The the step down from left tackle to uh, you know from him to the next guy is steep, and I think that's a an NFL wide issue. There's just uh, not enough really quality offensive linemen, and they're not being asked to do the things in college that uh, that they're required to do in the NFL. So it takes a, a while for a mid round rookie, for example, to kind of step into that that mold. So they're they're vulnerable there. They're vulnerable at um, at cornerback. They've got uh, Jason Verrett, who's looked terrific at one spot, and they've got Emmanuel Mosley at the other. After that, it's it's rookies and you know uh, eight year uh, vagabond type of guys, uh, journeymen. So um, there there are a couple of, of positions like that. Tight end, I would say that too. Uh, George Kittle out of this world. <laughs> right after George Kittle, though, it's a, it's a drop down. So. Uh, they've got some marquee players. They just got to keep those marquee guys on the field this year. Matt, it's been it's it's creeping up on uh, a one full calendar year since Nick Bosa has, you know, been able to step on and and I know he spent the off season with some trainers and and, and rehabbing and getting ready. What's what's his status? Because obviously he, uh, I would assume Shanahan is counting on him to be a key component. Um, where what's his status and where's he at? Yeah, I'd say it's it's arrow up. He did his most uh, extensive work in, in training camp on, on Wednesday and Thursday and, and really looked good. It looked like his 2019 self. And he he will tell you that he's even quicker than he was in 2019 because one of the things that he changed a little bit or altered was his diet. And he, I don't think he was eating a lot of Big Macs beforehand, but now he's really kind of scrutinizing what he puts into his body, and so his his body fat is lower. He looks leaner. Um, his weight is a little lower, say two or three pounds. He's he's right around, I don't know, two sixty, two sixty two. But uh, according to him, and and he and his brother time everything that they do in the off season. So they train together. Everything's timed, um, and he claims that he's faster now than he was before the injury. Um, and we probably won't see him uh, on Sunday. Um, he, he probably won't play until that the opener against the Lions in Detroit. But um, like I said, he he looked uh, in the in the scant snaps that we've seen him, he looked pretty good. He beat Trent Williams once. He beat Mike McGlinchey once in in one on ones. These are starting tackles for the Forty ers And uh, like I said, he looked like his his former self. 
When it comes to the coaching situation uh, in San Francisco, it's about as stable and about as good as anywhere in the NFL with Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, now he has to uh, replace Robert Sala, but um, I've had some folks tell me it's a hot takey opinion that I think Kyle Shanahan right now, all told, is the best coach in the NFL. Um, and of course, people love... You know they love Belichick and their other, uh, you know, other hot names. But what sort of advantage do you think Kyle Shanahan, especially as an offensive mind, gives the 49ers each and every year? Well, I mean, you know, we just talked about the the injuries. Um, you know, for the the first couple of years, there was no quarterback here, and yet they still had one of the better rushing attacks in the league. So teams knew that. Um, you know, Shanahan was going to run the ball against them, and they weren't really kind of uh, worried about the passing game, and yet he still was able to do that. So it's it's a really nice balance. It's not one-sided one way or the other. And, you know, what Shanahan strives for is is being able to run and pass out of the same personnel group. So he, he collects guys like Debo Samuel, like Kyle Juszczyk, the, uh, the fullback, who are, are really good at both. Uh, running the ball, blocking, and also pass catching. So that's that's the real advantage. Uh, just being able to do that, be nimble with it, and that's sort of you know the you know getting back to to Lance and, and the quarterback question. That's where Lance needs to get. Uh, he needs to become. I, I, I noted the uh, kind of symbiotic way that they're uh, they're programmed. Lance and Kyle Shanahan. Now Lance needs just to get on the you know. The, the X's and O's, the play calling, uh, that thing as uh, as quickly as, as as Shanahan, just to be become an extension of him. I guess that's what my point is: is that he really has the potential to be that. Uh, I know it's cliche, but to be that extension of the head coach slash play caller, maybe more so than than Jimmy Garoppolo ever could, because you know his arm does have physical limitations. Matt, I am fascinated by the idea of being able to watch these two develop together over the course of uh, the next few years. It should be awesome. Matt Barrows covers the 49ers for The Athletic, kind enough, to give, kind enough to give us some time here on Cofield & Company. Great spot. Thanks, man. Thanks, All right. Matt. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. Into the grab bag we go when we come back. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. First thing in the grab bag today is tickets. For, oh man, September 4th, Everclear, M Pavilion, Call Ari right now, 364-1100-364-1100. He'll take caller number five. Caller number five is going to win those Everclear tickets. Willie, uh, we're wrapping it up here on another Cofield and Company Friday afternoon. Um, I'm curious what you think about this story here. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has sold his mansion in Las Vegas. I saw Started that. up trade rumors. He's leaving. Guy's done. He wants out. No, just kidding. Uh, because he, he actually sold it to Max Pacioretty. Uh, he, he sold it to Max Pacioretty. Um, I thought what was interesting is that when Max Pacioretty was last selling his home, uh, the realtor brought in, I, I'm, I'm going to call him a psychic, Mystic Mona, 
uh, to talk about how the energy of the home, um, the aura, the aura of the Zen of, of the home, the Zen of the home. Do, sure. Do, do, is this is this Willie approved? I am a uh, I am a, a little bit of a believer of, of of creating a positive vibe, a nice little Zen in the home. Um, I, I will admit when I when I get up in the morning and, and go for three four a.m. cardio and come home, first thing I do is turn on a fountain, um, lights some incense. I put the soundscapes on. The puppy comes out of the playpen, and it somewhat just kind of creates a nice little positive mindset, nice little positive vibe for the morning. And the difference for me has always has been since doing that is the lack of noise and hysteria of whatever it is I would maybe normally put on TV. What Max Pacioretty had going on in his home, I have no clue. Um, I don't know about uh, Mystic Mona and what he had going on and if it was worth the ha- however much he got for the house. I'll tell you what, Max Pacioretty actually uh, made a pretty penny given what the Las Vegas housing market has been like of late. Uh, ended up doing pretty darn well uh, selling his home. Of course, you know if you've been involved anywhere in the real estate market, if you're buying or if you're selling, that uh, things have been super-duper hot. Uh, I want to get you the most accurate information. How much did Petrangelo make Petrangelo off Pacioretty, sold though? His... Well, here's the thing. Petrangelo sold the eight. 8,300 square foot home in Summerlin to Pacioretty for 6.4 million in this month, less than a year after he bought it for 6 million. So I think actually once you factor in the uh, the real the realtors fees and everything, yeah. it seems like he gave his teammate a pretty fair deal. Yeah. And now we just got to find out. We got to make I, sure I that Petrangelo that. bought a home. Right? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think we're good on that. I, I think we're. Do you we're think maybe safe, he bought Flurry's uh, with? Oh dear! Oh, I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that. Uh, uh, I I don't know what real estate in Chicago uh, looks like these days. I don't know if the flurries uh, have taken care of that piece of business yet. But yeah, uh, that that is certainly something uh, that we got to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to Max Pacioretty and uh, Alex Petrangelo. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm just happy that uh, both those guys, after their they pretty much had a similar path, right? First part of the first year with the, the team kind of took a while for them to settle in and yeah. maybe even a little faster for Alex Petrangelo in the, the back half of his first season. Coming well, around they the both Golden dealt Knight with where, some, uh, yeah. Patretti is, you know, he, he dealt with some injuries here and there. Um, Petrangelo had a rough go, um, you know, his first season um, dealt with COVID, had an injury. So, but Petrangelo did prove to be a valuable piece of the puzzle um, in in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he gave his teammate a good deal. And, and I think that, uh, hey, if you can keep it in the family, right, why not? Thank you, Mr. Ramirez. Thank you, Ari. We appreciate all of you being with us here on a Friday afternoon for a company takeover. Stay tuned. Polly's up next. William Hill Show.